Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. We've got a very special guest for you tonight. Michelle Welch is highly accomplished in many fields. Author, I'll mention some of her books again. Psychic Intuitive, business owner of three crystal stores in Dallas, Texas. A licensed lawyer specializing in criminal and civil law. She's also a jury selection consultant. Michelle was born and raised in Longview, Texas, in a very religious family of four. And because of her spiritual childhood, she always had a relationship with angels, God, and other spiritual beings. She attended Baylor Law School, became a licensed attorney specializing in civil and criminal law, and has retained to utilize her intuitive abilities for jury selections and high-profile cases. Michelle, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. This is amazing, your your background and your work. We will get into a lot of this, but when did this all start for you? It started as long as I can remember, honestly. And, it, and then for as long as I re- can remember, I tried to pretend like I had none of it. <laughs> I uh, was little bitty and running around in church saying things that I probably shouldn't have been saying. Yep. Like we'd be singing Heart the Herald Angels Sing, and I'd be like, and there they are. And I'd get in trouble in church, right? So it started when I was really little and me seeing things that we would talk about in church. Now you've got five children. You own these two crystal shops in Dallas. You're a practicing attorney still. You're doing a podcast and uh, you're a psychic medium as well. How do you have the time to do all this? Well, I think I just delegate somewhat uh, fairly well and then I just space it out. Uh, that's what I think I'm doing. I hope I'm doing it well and not spreading myself too thin, but that's what I'm trying to do. In some of these high-profile law cases, uh, you use your psychic or intuitive ability. Tell me how that works. I do. 
so and and usually I don't talk about it. I don't even put it on my bio. But for this book, I got permission to talk about a couple of cases. Mm-hmm. And so the way I usually do it is the investigators will come to me, and instead of me just cold calling and saying, "Oh, there's a shallow grave on the side of the road," which is what they usually hear from right. just about you know the people who call in and that they don't know and they don't trust. But the interesting thing that has happened recently to me in in one of the most high-profile cases that I worked on in the Dallas area that ended up being on, I wasn't on Dateline, but the case itself was on Dateline, was a a client came to me to talk about something completely different. And she was wanting a mediumship reading on, like, how her boyfriend was killed and and a friend was killed. And all of a sudden, I was like... You know when you're in school and somebody's like raising their hand like, pick me, teacher, pick me, pick me, pick me. Well, there was a spirit coming through to me like that. And I said, you know, I've got to interrupt this reading. Someone's coming through. And I started telling her about this girl. And it had not been broadcast. And and I do know the DAs in town and the judges in town, primarily two of the counties around Dallas, Texas. And I didn't know anything about this. And I try to not watch. And I started explaining some things to her that this spirit was telling me about not wanting to be found and the reason she didn't want to be found. And the girls, the the person, my clients, jaw drops, and she says, I've got to stop this reading. Uh, I need to call somebody. Will you call this family? And I said, uh, explain. And she wanted me to call the family of this girl who disappeared. I said, actually, no, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Fast forward. I ended up sitting in on the case. I wasn't called as a witness, but I ended up sitting in on the case, observing for uh, observing the case kind of silently for the DA's office and worked on the case, and I ended up being accurate on many of the hits that I got on the case, and that is in Spirits Unveiled. That is I amazing. Not get too salacious uh, because of the family in the details in the, in, in the case, but uh, very much uh, it was... The body, ultimately, of this poor girl was found, which was needed. Uh, they did get a conviction before they found the body, but uh, you know they were concerned about that because mm-hmm. it could have just been a kidnapping case. That's but right. You gave them closure. We did. And uh, the girl, what was really sad about it is the girl, uh, and, and happy, I guess, in some ways, the reason that she didn't want to be found for a while, because she said, I don't want to be found was because her family was coming together uh, that had been a little bit torn apart and with a divorce or had been torn apart to look for her. And she was seeing things from a different perspective. She was happy that her family was coming together to search for her and that they were getting along in this search. So that was her perspective, which was completely a different perspective. And she was probably assuming in on the other side, the longer they keep looking for her, the longer they'll stay connected together as a family. Exactly. It's it absolutely exactly was her perspective. That's so nice. different than the perspective of what was going on here on this side with we need to prove this case to put this guy away. Once she was discovered, her body was discovered, what happened to the family? Did they break up again? think they've stayed close. I, I think that they, it, I, I, as far as I know from the client that, um, because I never really did go and talk to this family, I just didn't want to be that person that rushes in, here, let me come save the day and tell you everything. Uh, the client uh, that is good friends, they're 
she, the, the family is a godparent to the client of mine, of his child. She said that they're doing really well and they have stayed uh, in, in better contact and it's been a better relationship. So now, did you get your abilities from somebody in your family or were you solo? I thought I did not. Uh, and I'm very careful how I say, I would say it's interesting because my, my, all my family on my father's side, it's, they're all ministers. So in a way they had abilities, but they would, they would classify those as different. And I'm very respectful of how they would classify their abilities as different than mine. They would not say that my abilities are the same. They would call them the gifts of discernment and exhortation or something like that. But I did find out later and, and remembered that there was an aunt of mine that always taught me things about uh, she had cards, she had herbs, she had different things. And not that I use cards and herbs or, or herbs, excuse me, that much. I'm, that's not how I lean towards things like that. But I, she knew things and she would teach me things. And I do believe that that aunt had a lot of giftings that I probably got things from, but my parents were estranged from her for much of our lives until they got older. And then they got back together as far as, you know, reconciling. And I think that's partially why. Interesting. These things together. Now you have dealt with angels, ghosts, demons, all, all of the above. Which are the ones that you would prefer to stay away from? I would assume the demons. The demons. Uh, and within demons, I would say a, a typical, uh, not a typical, pardon my that word, um, a specific, excuse me, type of demon. It's a predatory, like the, and I, maybe they're all predatory, but I don't think so. I think there's some demons that are, are weaker and, and, you know, you can, I don't want to, I don't want to underestimate any demon, but predatory spirits. Uh, and I thought about it the other day. I was thinking again, like, really, what is predatory? Predatory is like, okay, like a tiger. You put a piece of a big old stake out and that tiger is going to wait around and that tiger is going to wait until you're, somebody's not watching and that tiger, and you're weak and that tiger is going to come up and steal that stake. And, but once the stake goes away, the tiger might not be as interested anymore. Uh, you know, there's, as long as, as if there's point. nothing, if there's no prey. And so th the predatory spirits, where they're, they're preying on someone. They are stalking someone. They're looking for your weakness. That to me is particularly insidious, those types of demons. And I will call them demons. Just, and that's probably because of my upbringing, but good, evil, whatever you want to call it, I do believe there's both ends of that, that spectrum, and I have experienced both. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all, the hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC 
was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Michelle, tell us about your book, Spirits Unveiled. So I wrote the book because of feeling very crowded around in my energetic space. I would I, I, I equate it to uh, when the Stars hockey team first came here. They did an ex- exhibition game. And I remember walking out of the of the the game and I was all of a sudden I was just being pulled around along. I wasn't walking and I looked around and there were some big Dallas Cowboy football players walking up beside me. And I was like, well, that's kind of cool. But they were, I was just being carried along by these big Dallas Cowboy football players because you didn't even have to walk. And that's how I kind of feel with spirits around me. All of a sudden, a lot of times, I'll just feel like I'll look around at other people and I'll be like, don't you realize there's all these energetic, and I'll call them energetic, beings around us. There's all different kinds of beings around us. And don't y'all see them? Am I really that strange? Am I really the only one that feels this and feels so crowded? So finally I thought, okay, I'm just going to go all the way there. I've already told my judge friends and lawyer friends, and they handled it okay. You know, about 10 years ago, 12 years ago, that I was intuitive and all of this, and they, they all said, oh, that explains it, and laughed at me, and they're like, we get you now. And so then I wrote about this book because – I thought, you know, surely some other people feel this, that there are energy beings. And if not, I want people to know that maybe they don't connect with, and I certainly don't know every energetic being that's out there. It's not an encyclopedia of beings. It's the ones that I've been privy to in some way uh, that I've sensed or seen and how to deal with them and how that I've dealt with them in my life and then stories of other people that have had to deal with them in their lives. It is an amazing gift that you possess, which you've had since you were a child. And at what point did you realize you had the gift? 
I was really young, and I, I, but here's the thing. I didn't know it was a gift. I, I thought everybody was that Everybody way. had the psychic ability, huh? I thought everybody was this way. And I literally, this is so, I mean, this just shows how I maybe wasn't so bright. I literally thought, like, the world was linear. Like, it started like a ruler at my house. And then when we were going to go to grandmother and granddaddy's, you know, okay, here's the ruler. And when we get to what point are we going to be at grandmother and granddaddy's house? So that's how I thought of life. You know, here's everything was just not the flat world thing, but kind of. And so, and the same thing, I just thought everyone, I just assumed that everyone saw things like me, especially because and I am not slamming church. I will not do that. I will not slam other people's religions at all. I am so grateful for my upbringing and my parents. But especially when you're talking about, uh, you're reading about angels, you're reading about spirits, you're reading about these things. And my church was very much, my grandfather was an Assembly of God preacher, so mm-hmm. we yeah. definitely would read about these things. And so I just assumed... Oh, okay, so everybody sees them and senses them like I do. And I will say that when I was young, uh, I was scared of, I was very scared at night in my room of, of the beings that I saw. And now that I'm older, I'm not really as scared. Other things scare me more, maybe like human breaking, somebody breaking in the house or something like that scares me a little bit more. Uh, but when I was young, I really was um, very, very afraid. Uh, and so I think that's another reason I wanted to write the book was so maybe if parents pick it up and they do have a child that is like me and, and does see things and says, I'm seeing this, and my parents knew I was because I got sent to my room a lot uh, for saying things maybe I shouldn't have said. Right. Like, I, you know. They just didn't understand it. Yeah, and, and, you know, and some of them were kind of inappropriate. I mean, like I said to, um, and, and I, my uncle was everything to me. He was my godfather, and uh, I walked up behind him, and I put my hands on his head, and I, I literally, and I was little. I, when I say little, maybe five, six. And that, that's little. That's and little. I, it's little, and uh, I said, well, Uncle Denzel, why do you have and I'll say his name. I love him dearly. I said, why do you have worms in your brain? Worms in your body? Worms in your brain. Worms in your brain. And about a month later, he was diagnosed with what they called benzene, um, a benzene uh, brain tumor. Jeez. At um, an oil company in Beaumont, Texas. And he was uh, diagnosed with a brain tumor, but I got sent to my room because I told him he had worms in his brain. And the worms to you was the tumor, right? It was the tumor, stuff moving around in his brain. It was cancer in his brain, 100%. But I didn't know how to to say that as a five or six-year-old. That's incredible. And this ability, has it enhanced itself over the years? It has honed itself. Uh, So for a while, like I said, I, I spent some time trying to uh, pretend that it wasn't there. I tried to use that logic. I, I did everything I could to pretend that or to prove how smart I was and how intelligent I was. And let's do the most I can. I think that's where that doing a lot comes from uh, to show that, you know, it's not just me being 
strange uh, that I can actually you know, graduate from law school early. I can start trying cases, go work for the Court of Appeals at 24, almost 25 years old, and then be with the DA's office at 25 and accomplish all these things and ignore it and take these great juries and finally had to come back to the realization that it wasn't Michelle being so smart. Yeah, I, I worked hard, but I was getting a lot of help <laughs> from my intuition. <laughs> so I had to come back around and say, it all comes together, and divine God puts things, gives us gifts and, and talents for a reason, and we just need to accept them the way they are. <laughs> Michelle, have you ever been tricked by a spirit or a demon? I think maybe I have. Uh, great question, because I have asked myself that question. Uh, I will say that one time in my store, I violated one of my ethical codes, and I'll make it quick. I do not believe in walking up to people and saying, uh, let me give you a message. Right, or uh, you're going to die or something like that. Anything like that. Um Young lawyers do that too. They'll get out a lot. My daughter's graduating, by the way, this weekend from Baylor Law School. As a law, as a lawyer, yes, good for her. Graduate, I graduating early, just like me. And I'm like, please, but you know. Um, and then she'll take the Texas bar, right? Yes, yes. And so um, she's, uh, but but I, my code of ethics, strong. I have strong ethics about what you say and you don't say. And I don't believe in walking up to somebody just randomly in my store and saying, uh, he was like, oh, I, I, I need a crystal for dialysis. And we sell a lot more than crystals here, but you know, I'm going to have dialysis and, uh, dialysis. and I was like, oh, could I do a little bit of Reiki on you? That is, I never do that. That is against my code of ethics to just ask someone out in the middle of my store. And to this day... I have had some kidney issues and and some some pretty bad kidney stones. And I wonder if that was a trickster spirit. I, and I know that sounds silly, but I really, or I don't know, but I have really struggled with it. Was that a malevolent or a benevolent spirit? Because we have gone back over, and our cameras are not perfect. So I don't want to say this is proof. But we have gone back over where I went out onto that floor, and we had witnesses, people out there working, and that footage is not there of me going out on the floor. So either I imagined it, which I know I didn't, or it's just not there. And I look back and I just wonder, was that a trickster spirit? Because he sure seemed very kind. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. 
Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.